one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sophie. I'm Yelly. And this is She's All Fat, the podcast for fat positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. Now in our final season. In this episode, we're covering fatties and ADHD. We're going to hear from you, our family members, plus we'll have a little chat with friend of the pod, Maggie McGill. But first, our news corner. Sophie, today's the last letter to the family we'll be sharing on the pod. Oh my god. Thank you so much to everyone who shared their love for this fat community. Your letters made our team and the family feel so freaking special. We're going to leave the Google form open for anyone else who wants to share a message with the team and we'll post some more on the Insta if we get any. Without further ado, our last love letter to the family. Thank you for all the wonderful content you've created over the last few years. You've helped me on my own journey of fat positivity, and I feel so much more comfortable in my own skin now that I'm no longer convinced my body should be something completely different. It's been a joy to learn from you, and I wish you all the best for your future. Thank you, H or Hannah. I appreciate you, and I'm so glad you feel more comfortable in your skin. Your body is perfect the way it is. And I'm so glad I was part of that for you. That's all I want, really. Every time I feel insecure, I just like read one of these letters and I'm like, okay, I did something good. We did something good in the world. (laughs) That's all I care about. (laughs) I want to make fat people feel comfortable. Check the show notes to write your love letter to the family. Patreon correspondent Yelly, do you have any updates on the post-pod Patreon minisodes, aka how our patrons can continue to access the tons of minisodes we've made these last four years? Yes, I have on-the-ground information, aka Lynn just texted us, that we're setting up a private feed called Team Paisley Moo Moo. All of the minisodes we've made are going to live there, and all of our current Team Paisley Moo Moo patrons are going to get an email in the next few weeks with their private link. We're still working on a way for you to access minisodes if you're not a Team Paisley Moo Moo, and we will keep you posted on that. Thank you again to everyone who's been a patron for any amount of time at any level. You literally signed my paychecks, family. (laughs) That's all our news for this week. Now here's the episode. Family, I am here with a real treat today. Maggie McGill, longtime family member and friend of the pod. You know Maggie from their incredible YouTube and Instagram where they post plus size style inspo and of course, Halloween vibes only. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Sophie. I am incredibly excited to be here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell the family who you are and what your things are. Sure. So as you said, I'm a plus size style blogger, content creator, an affinity for all things autumnal and Halloween. I post about body liberation, healing my relationship with movement, mental health. I basically just want to make everyone who follows me feel good about themselves and give them the tools to live their most joyous, authentic life in whatever body they have right now. I love that. Your page has very cozy vibes. Like it's just very friendly and comfy. It's nice. Thank you. Yay. That's the atmosphere I want to create in my home and my online space. So I appreciate that. It is. And it's nice because I think you're very I don't I don't always think it's a compliment when people say approachable, but I think your take on fashion and home decorating is approachable. Like a lot of influencers one might follow 
have like, you know, stuff that's like very clearly just for this shoot or whatever mm-hmm. like that. And and I think your things are a lot more like I look at them and then I'm like, okay, yeah, I could do that. Like, oh, yeah, this is attainable. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is something that sets me apart from a lot of other bloggers because they are very much kind of higher fashion. And like for a while I thought, oh, I should be doing that. But then I'm like, no, that's really just not me. I'm like, like comfy, casual, everyday kind of wear. And honestly, I think that is what people also wear. Like some people, you know, follow fashion bloggers for like goals, but I'm like, but like, what are you actually wearing? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And it's nice because it just feels like scrolling across a friend in the feed. Just like, oh, there's Maggie doing their thing. Oh my gosh, the ultimate compliment. So thank you. I mean, I am your friend, it's but true. yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, so let's get into our the meat of it for today, which today we are talking about ADHD. So what's your story with ADHD? I thought we could start by talking about our quote-unquote journeys with it. Love a journey. (laughs) Okay, so it's actually really interesting because the first time I ever thought that I had ADHD was after the SAF episode in which you talk about ADD. Oh, my God. And I literally made a post in the Facebook group being like, do I have ADD? Oh, my God. So if anyone's in the Facebook group, you can... (laughs) Oh my God, that's amazing. Wait, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, it's like from 2018. Oh my God. And everyone was so nice and they were like, go talk to your GP. And like, that's the first step. And I didn't have a GP at the time that I trusted. And so I was like, no. (laughs) And so I just like continued living my life in slight chaos. And then when the pandemic happened, I also accidentally moved in with my now partner who is neurotypical and yes they were like are you okay because I just was forgetting everything knocking everything over like yep. just I it was like everything that I had been dealing with went to a hundred like yeah and yeah. I felt so out of control and really scared because I felt like I just I, I couldn't control any of it and so that's when I got into ADHD TikTok. <laughs> I love ADHD TikTok. What a resource. And so I was like, oh, this sounds a lot like me. And then I started watching the How to ADHD YouTube channel, which is like... Love that also. And then I made an appointment after many months of not being able to get an appointment. I finally made an appointment to get a diagnosis and was diagnosed with an attentive ADHD represent. Hell Yeah. <laughs> An attentive fam. <laughs> Hell yeah. So um, I do have a appointment this month to go and see, like, you decide what kind of course of treatment I want, but it feels yeah. so good. But one thing I realized was that it took me a long time to even consider I had ADHD because I have been surrounded by people who had ADHD my whole life. My mom, Whoa. my siblings, my college roommate. Wow. Like, it was like... Oh, no wonder. Like, this was my norm. (laughs) Yes. Well, it's super genetic. And also, sometimes Mm -hmm. people get pushback from their families about it because they're like, no, that's just, that's how I am too. And it's like, yeah, you also have ADHD. (laughs) Hello? Yeah. Wow. So you're still kind of at the beginning of your ADHD journey in terms of diagnosis and dealing with doctor stuff, Mm -hmm. which is exciting. But yeah, dang. Well, my story is that... I am a super classic and a lot of ADHD and attentive traits, but like many people, many women or AFAB people who are smart and successful, it was ignored for a long time because I could get things done. Just it took like grinding myself into the dirt to make it happen and then had a harder time with that in college and then had a harder time with that in the working world. And when I actually wanted to talk about ADHD on here because I, it really took me being more accepting of myself to think I might have a diagnosis of some sort mm-hmm. because if I hadn't accepted fatness and like been, been like, oh, maybe all these things about me are not terrible, bad things, you know, mm-hmm. maybe I'm not just outside of the lines in some way or like unable to force myself in, I wouldn't have figured out I was bi. And I wouldn't have figured out I had ADHD because both of those came with just noticing more things about myself instead of 
trying to push myself into something else. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Accepting parts of yourself instead of rejecting them and trying to change them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. One of the things that we, we got a bunch of voice memos mm-hmm. from the family for this episode. And one thing that a bunch of them talk about is like the connection in social perception between fatness and ADHD in terms of like things like laziness or not trying hard enough. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons I think it took me so long because once I got rid of the idea that I was fat because I wasn't able to diet well enough, Mm -hmm. then I was like, oh, maybe there's other things that aren't not happening just because I'm not trying hard enough. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Because that was a big, big, and still is a big bugaboo for me. A big therapy topic is feeling like I'm lazy or being afraid that I'm lazy. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of fat people and a lot of people with ADHD both fear those things because that's what we're told all the time as the reason we can't do stuff. Absolutely. Like I, I was called lazy so often when I was growing up. And at a certain point, you just kind of accept it. You're like, well... I'm fat and lazy and that's who I am and this is a terrible thing about me and I suck, so. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Meanwhile, at the same time, I'm like getting shit done just only through being like, you have to do this, you're lazy, you suck, you have to do this. Right, which doesn't yield like the best work. (laughs) No, not at all. Like, not at all. I mean, it's the same with all everything else. Once I addressed like accepting my fatness, then I was able to address accepting all sorts of other things about myself and then actually like moving forward in ways that I chose to and wanted to mm-hmm. instead of just being self-punishing, which again is still a struggle for me. I definitely still a lot of time in therapy we're talking about like wow, I have a lot of negative self-talk about struggling with setting a routine. I have a lot of negative self-talk about struggling with fatigue I had you know Mm -hmm. like all sorts of stuff like that so hopefully I will become better and better at accepting and being more positive towards myself because I know that will help me actually make progress on stuff that I want to make progress on (laughs) it's a vicious cycle it's a vicious cycle it's hard it annoys me that neurotypical people don't have to deal with it like, yes, it's very annoying. It's very annoying. But I, as a broad comment on what you just told me, I found that I had been focusing on hating my body for so long that like I didn't realize I had all this stuff underneath it to work through. And it wasn't yes. until I could learn to like accept and care for my body as it is that I was able to tackle the other mental health issues, ADHD issues. I was like, I thought I was fine. And then I was like, nope. <laughs> there's, <laughs> but wait, there's more. It's so true. We're literally told like, oh, if you were thin, everything would be fine. You know, like you're so nice, but you're so pretty, but like all that stuff. We get so much praise for it when we do lose weight. And then you're like, okay, this is it. This is the key. This is the key to everything. Mm -hmm. I have to do this. Turns out it's not. It is not. All right. It's present Sophie popping back in mid-interview to past Sophie. I think now's a good time to kick it over to one of the very special Fatmily voice memos I mentioned to Maggie. Hello, this is Hannah. ADHD landed on my radar when I started listening to She's All Fat at the beginning of 2020 when Sophie discussed how underdiagnosed women are and specifically like young girls who perform well in school it resonated so hard with me like just like so deeply and that's like kind of what got the ball rolling um and then people on tiktok discussed adhd and it popped up on my for you page a lot very pointedly um specifically the user danny donovan was really helpful and she is like kind of the person I attribute my diagnosis with, like the reason I talked to my doctor. Learning about my neurodivergence was a comfort and like a radical act of self-acceptance and care. I didn't have to fight with my brain and question why I couldn't be better. And I was like allowing myself the luxury of forgiveness and kindness and just overall acceptance of my brain. I see ADHD intersecting with my fatness, mostly because I learned about ADHD and like body neutrality at the same time, but more so because 
that acceptance taught me that my body is okay and it's safe as it is. And that really helped me relate those thoughts to my brain and ADHD. Around the same time that I figured out about my ADHD, I discovered that I had thyroid cancer. And so last year I just spent so much time in my body just like noticing symptoms and trying to figure out if it had to do with my antidepressants or my ADHD or my thyroid cancer or what what is like the answer to why I was feeling the way I was. And honestly, that was so frustrating and like a really difficult place to be. <laughs> yeah, but where I'm at now, I feel like I'm at a place of like noticing and helping in that when I notice my brain is working in a different way or I notice my body feels off in a little in some way instead of trying to change my body for the environment I try to change my environment or do little things to help the way my brain and my body work thanks to that Hannah for sending in their experience and for the bonus tiktok rec now back to me and Maggie so I'm curious to hear if you do try meds. It took me a, a long time to find the right meds, and I'm, I just still don't think I'm on the right ones. We're, I'm going to talk to my doctor this month about non-stimulant ones because all the stimulants make me turn into like a hulk, mm-hmm. just like so mean, just cannot be around other humans. Yeah. Literally when I tried Adderall for a month and a half, then I like two weeks in, Victor was like, can you please call your doctor? Because I can't handle you being on this friend. I was like, oh my God. But I do remember when I first took one, like the first day you take one, I think a lot of people have this experience where you take it and you're like, this is what it's like for other people. Yeah. And I was so mad i was so pissed i was like i've just been playing on hard mode you're telling me that not everyone else has a constant constant dialogue in their head or sounds or like has to focus so hard Mm -hmm. are you serious yeah it really does change your whole perspective on your whole life it's like that once you're diagnosed you're like oh like and i think i think adhd is an asset in so many ways and I love all of the things that I've been able to do creatively and I love you know I love those aspects of it but I it also upsets me that no one ever caught it because I'm like oh I could have done so much more so much more efficiently I could have had more confidence in myself we can't focus on the you know the could have and the whatever but but I've had those thoughts too I mean I think it's important to like mourn it in a way because it it's like a whole shifting of your perception of yourself and your past Mm -hmm. and you have to reframe everything and that comes with a certain level of grieving like I have had exactly the same thoughts and also been like when I'm struggling with negative self-talk, it is so hard to remind myself of that fact that like we, I have been playing on hard mode. Mm -hmm. Things have been like, they have to, I have to remind myself of that because that feels so hard sometimes to like get that in my brain. And also it feels unfair that there's not an easy way to turn it off either. Or a a, uh, not expensive way because. Exactly. You know. Yeah. But I also agree that like, I mean, at this point, I kind of feel like ADHD is like a lot of my personality, like a lot of stuff. I'm like, oh, that's that's just like who I am and what I like Mm -hmm. some of it, Mm -hmm. you know. And I definitely think that there's a lot of it that's just like yeah, like this is why I'm able to be creative. This is why I'm able to like work on my own. This is why I'm able to like run a creative project. This is, you know, like all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like definitely, it's not like I'm like, oh, I wish I didn't have ADHD. It's just that I wish, I wish I'd had more support on yes, it earlier. Yeah, exactly that. I wish I yeah. had more support. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think for me, ADHD really intersected with fatness in the self-esteem realm. Yes. Where it was like, the harder that I was was on myself about my ADHD traits, like losing things, breaking things, letting other people down, forgetting things, I feel like that translated into my body. I, 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 I was like, let me just focus on what I can change, which is my body. Yes. And I feel like that 
fueled a lot of self-hatred and just, uh, you know, lowered that self-esteem so much. And it was really, I think it's really hard to untangle those. Yeah, totally. I feel very similarly. And also like, it's hard to reframe some of those things Mm -hmm. once we've learned a certain way to think about them you know like I'm also very clumsy I don't know how to reframe that exactly like (laughs) I um there is (laughs) I don't think there's a really good one I mean I'm very durable (laughs) Uh uh-huh there you go there you go yeah sure I'm always like okay well I guess I mean, it's fine to have things about yourself that you just accept and don't feel one way or another about, mm-hmm. and that which is like usually a goal for me with those kinds of things. But especially going through it and trying to actively reframe stuff, there are quite a few things that I'll be like, how do I reframe that I forget fucking everything? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. It's, it's annoying. You know, I just realized that forgetting every single movie and book that I ever enjoy is not something that happens to everyone yep that's why people always look at me confused when they're like what's your favorite movie and I'm like um hang on and then I can only think of two (laughs) movies and I'm like I know the big short's not my favorite movie at all but that's the only movie I can think of it is today (laughs) I I love to re-watch movies because I don't remember them so I my favorite Same. my favorite movie is A League of Their Own and every time I watch oh it God. I'm like oh, I do love this movie like I forget <laughs> everything that happens it's kind of, that's kind of fun right yes along those lines one thing I struggle with a lot is being messy aka like my stuff being everywhere mm-hmm. in piles and I also struggle with that I do not think I've worked through that enough in terms of like self-talk about it or in terms of like system creating systems I'm constantly I think it's this is a normal ADHD thing but I'm constantly trying and then discarding systems because mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know how to choose which ones work for oh, me yeah that's an ADHD well. thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely so I definitely want to work more on that but there's also a certain level where I have to be like I just have to accept that if I need a month where I can't organize at all then by the end of the month my shit's going to be everywhere and that's just the way that it is yeah you know? Yeah. It doesn't say anything about who you are as a person. Right. right. Yes. It's just annoying because I'm then my shit's it everywhere. It is annoying. <laughs> I, I was, I wrote this down because it made me laugh because I thought of it, but I, I, was, I was trying to describe ADHD as like, so like neurotypical people, like here's how you can understand ADHD. ADHD is like being followed around by a poltergeist who just wants to make your life harder. <laughs> like you put something away. No. It moves it back to no. like it, it, yep. it. It's like I and I find myself. It's really frustrating because I'm like I am being the most careful person, the most thoughtful, the most. I'm paying all the attention, and it's never enough. Oh my god! Exactly, exactly. I can be even sure I've done something and I haven't done it. Yep. I just thought about it so many times to make sure I did it <laughs> that I thought that I did it. My partner will be like, I told you to turn left. And I was like, I didn't hear you. And they're like, you did hear me. You just didn't process it. And I was like, but did I hear you though? (laughs) Right, exactly. Does that mean I heard you? Because I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for hopefully everyone listening to this episode knows what ADHD is. I did not intro tell us to intro what ADHD (laughs) is at the top. But I mean, ADHD is so widespread right now. But for, for people who don't, who don't know ADHD is a what do we even call it I was like a brain disorder that's um, I don't even think that's the right words I don't know what the, it's, oh, a, it's a it's a here I'm just gonna yeah, google, google the ADHD definition. it's a divergence uh-huh of it's like your brain. brain when your brain is different Okay, yes, it's a one of the most common neurodevelopmental disorders of childhood, and it lasts into adulthood. Yeah, so Maggie and I both have ADHD-I, which is inattentive, which means that our hyperactivity is interior, not exterior, which is what I described when I was talking about taking the meds and having the interior dialogue shut off for the first time in my whole life which I didn't even realize wasn't a thing everyone else had. Just thought I was bad at meditating. <laughs> Turns out not everyone is like constantly trying not to hear Beethoven's Fifth or like rem- re- like a Bugs Bunny cartoon or something in the back of their head. Oh my gosh. The other day I got the TikTok audio, the Grace Kelly, that 
Yes. I got that stuck. I, I could not stop. I, I hate it. It would not stop. I was so annoyed. And I just kept having to sing it. And I'm not great at singing it. <laughs> and then I watched a YouTube compilation of it. Like, it's like. Oh my God. Yes. And I'm, I also have, I think, so along with my ADHD, I, a lot of people have this. I have like an audio processing disorder mm-hmm. also. I mean, ADHD has a lot of processing issues within it, but like, I have trouble understanding song lyrics. So a lot of the times I'll be like, have something stuck in my head, but I don't know what the words are. <laughs> So I'll just be like, like, I I don't know what it's, I don't know what's in there, Mm -hmm. but it's there. Okay, this is also random. And then I'll go back to the outline. But I watched this video when I was trying to find ways to explain what I've learned about ADHD to my mom. I watched this video that was like a scientific talk about it, like a person giving a presentation of some sort. And they had all these slides about like how hard it is for people with ADHD to like complete college and high school mm-hmm. and like have a stable career and family mm-hmm. and shit. And I was like, holy shit. I didn't know that this like came with such intense, like people know that this has intense repercussions. Yeah. And yet it was not, as we talked about, not seen in me. And then also like people act like when you talk about, like a lot of times people will act like it's an excuse. Or they'll say like, well, I do that too. Or like everyone does that. Right. Minimalizing it. Yes. And I watched that and I was like, oh, studies show this is hard. Yeah. That particular is really interesting because when you consider that women and people who are AFAB are, you know, underdiagnosed, yes. that affects, you know, the wage gap, employment, you know, mental health, you know, all of those yes. things and, you know. Those people, yeah. Yes. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Future Sophie again, popping in with more words from the family. We're getting into ADHD, doctors, and medicine. So content note for medical fat phobia. Here are some more voice memos. Hi there. Um, my name is Hannah. I'm 30 years old in Colorado, and I kind of wanted to share my experience with getting recently diagnosed with ADHD. It kind of came up in a horrible way. I had to do an online psych eval, I guess. And the psychologist that I set up my appointment with, he saw me, you know, on webcam for maybe two seconds. Um, and then there were some technical difficulties, and he was like, let's just make it a phone call. So mind you, he saw my face and mm, my shoulders for about 30 seconds. And after getting through with my appointment, telling him my symptoms, he was like, yeah, you really have symptoms consistent of ADHD. What I'm going to do is go ahead and prescribe you some Adderall, which is also an appetite suppressant. So that will be great for you. And that kind of crushed me because <laughs> I was like, oh, great, I have a diagnosis. Great, I'm going to get some medication. Oh, but is he prescribing it because of the way I look or because it's actually going to help me? Just kind of wanted to share my experience. It was kind of crummy, and it recently happened. So uh, I love you guys, and hugs from Denver. Hi, my name is Hannah. I have ADHD. 
and I'm fat. And honestly, the most frustrating thing for me about that intersection has been medication because I have an eating disorder. I am trying to get help for it, but I'm really struggling to find a care provider who will take me seriously about the disordered eating that I've dealt with for 10 years because of that. And I'm sure that I'm not the only one that has experienced that. But because most ADHD medicine suppresses appetite, I've had a really hard time finding a medication that I can take that doesn't exacerbate my ED symptoms. So I just am kind of bumbling through the world unmedicated when I know that I would do so much better with medication, but I also am trying to really take care of the ED side of things. So I would love to know if anyone has any advice about this because I'm I'm doing my best. I would love to do a little better. Love you guys. Thank you. I've known I've had ADHD for a very long time, and I recently was officially diagnosed. And while I was speaking to my doctor about prescription, she said, oh, yeah, the other reason that I really like Vyvanse is we're also finding it to be a very effective treatment for binge eating. Like, okay. I have never spoken to this woman about binge eating in my entire life. She just had to throw that in there. She just couldn't let it be about the ADHD. My weight had to come into it in some way. I just, who are these people? Okay, thanks. Bye. Hi, she's all fat crew. I am a fat Hannah living with ADHD. And, you know, I think my experience with it has been unique, especially around medication. When I was in my early 20s, I was diagnosed and put on both Ritalin and Adderall for a time, and I didn't like the way the medications made me feel overall, but they actually made me lose weight. And this was before I found um, fat positivity, and I continued to take these medications even when I didn't like the way that it made me feel because of the resulted weight loss. And, of course, I gained the weight back and then some more after I went off the medications. But I just think that experience for me, you know, I I put myself through something that wasn't comfortable, you know, because of weight loss and some perceived benefit that I was getting from that. And I'm now not taking any medications. I use cannabis to help treat my ADHD, and I've found the situations in my life that were making my ADHD flare up for me were um, tied around my jobs. And I'm now in a career where I get to do things that are just better for my ADHD. Like I'm not sitting at a desk um, in a room with no windows, things like that. You know, I'm up, I'm on my seat all day, I'm in a different location each day. And I found that that really helps me manage my ADHD so much better. But yeah, I think my biggest experience related to my body size was around the medications. And I'm just really happy to report that I'm no longer taking Adderall or Ritalin in the hopes of losing weight. So thank you so much for this topic. I look forward to listening to the episode. Bye. We're linking some resources in the show notes for advocating for yourself at the doctor. And if we have any doctors and or ADHD havers out there who want to recommend a non-appetite involved medication, let us know. Now let's get back to the interview. We got a lot of voice memos too about issues with medical fat phobia. So have you encountered that yet? I encountered some for sure dealing with ADHD stuff. I was lucky in that my ADHD was virtual. So like you can't see how fat I am am from the neck up. Uh So for me, that wasn't anything that I was really worried about. But that was the reason I didn't get, you know, go for a diagnosis in 2018 was because I was literally my GP was just super fat phobic and I was not, yeah, not there for it. It was interesting to me to hear that a lot of people who called in had the same experience I did, which was a doctor saying like, sure, I'll prescribe this and great news for you. Like, okay, so fat phobia coming up here, ED coming up here. Great news for you. It's also an appetite suppressant and being like, Oh, I had an eating disorder. I don't want that. <laughs> want want that. that, please. No. <laughs> I don't want that at all. And 
like the first doctor who I talked to about it was like, oh, yeah, this will help with your binge eating disorder. And I was like, I've never talked to you about having that. Literally the same as one of the people who called in. So it's like, wow, it's like crazy that that's so common. Mm -hmm. Number one, the like the connection being made in these doctors' minds. I mean, maybe there is a like I wouldn't be surprised if there's a connection between ADHD and eating disorders, Mm -hmm. mostly because of the social pressures that we've talked Mm -hmm. about before. But how like inappropriate to immediately be like, oh, you're fat and you have ADHD. You must have binge eating disorder. This will help you lose weight. I'm sure you want to lose weight. It's like, fuck off. Fuck <laughs> all the way off. Yeah. That's so frustrating. It was also, if you consider doing meds, all of the stimulants that I've tried have had an appetite suppressant effect, mm-hmm. which was really tough. It does peter off after a while, like it gets better. Mm-hmm. But for me, the first couple weeks, the first med that I tried was Vyvanse. And the first couple weeks on that, it was really, really, really hard and triggering to not have appetite and to have to eat yeah. anyways. And also because I forget to eat anyways yes. until I'm too hungry. <laughs> yes, same. <laughs> so like having to like make myself eat like on top of all that was not easy. So I want listeners who've had that experience to know you're like not alone. That fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. And there are other options that are not stimulants. And there's obviously all sorts of stuff like behavioral therapy or just regular therapy. Like there's lots of things and lots of online support, like the communities on TikTok and YouTube that Maggie was mentioning. But it is something to watch out for if you have an ED history. Like if you're a listener and you're considering going in, I would consider like calling ahead to make sure that the office knows about your ED history. I don't know if that will help because I've done that before and still gotten fatphobic comments, but it's the only thing I can really think of that can help maybe prevent that because if someone's going in and if you're any doctors listening, like don't fucking do that because there, it takes so much to go in and ask for help and Already, if you're fat and going in, you know what we're like waiting for. You know, we're just like bracing for it at any moment. So just like keep them separate. Just be like, oh, this med will be great for your ADHD, the thing you came to talk to me about today. Yes, the thing you are here for. <laughs> yes, the thing you actually wanted to come in for. Yeah, that's my rant yeah, about well, now, meds. Now I get to be anxious about that. No, um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm prepared. But that is something I am nervous about how meds will react, how I will react with meds, both in an emotional way, but then also like, you know, in, in that physical way, because I really like my clothes. So yeah. I'm not trying to change yep. my body. <laughs> I mean, I think you're going in better prepared yeah. than I was. I like knew that it was an appetite suppressant, but I didn't really research like ways to help combat mm, that mm-hmm. when I needed to eat or anything. Like, so I would recommend like doing some more research just about ways to prep and like manage it. Okay. Because if I had done that, I might've felt a little bit more prepared for it happening instead of like, oh my God, this this is happening because I'd first heard, like realized about the appetite suppressant at that doctor's appointment and then I didn't want to think about it gotcha. more. You know what yeah. I mean? If you do try that route, then, you know, they are helpful. The stimulants for me, it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. They are helpful in many ways. It's just that they also come with this other stuff. So it's like a huge practice in which we're all very useful, used to, and I know you're used to this too, is like checking in with yourself, seeing how it's working, mm-hmm. trying to be patient with yourself, trying to take notes on how your state, blah, 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 blah. It's all that stuff. I don't know anybody who's like, I have ADHD and I love my meds and everything's great. <laughs> like that's not really- I also do not know anyone like that. <laughs> yeah. But so if you're like that, please tell me what you're on because <laughs> I want to try it. Hey, listen, for bookend's sake, let's hear a few more calls about laziness. Hi, I am a fatty who was diagnosed with ADHD at 34. I think it all made sense that everything isn't about motivation. And I felt especially like the quote unquote lazy because I'm also fat. Thanks. Hey, y'all. My name is Hannah. And I just saw your call for fatties with ADHD. 
the biggest way that like ADHD and my fatness have kind of come head to head is kind of around this idea of laziness. I've really struggled for a long time fighting against the idea of I'm lazy. Um, I think hearing it from outside sources um, and from myself, but there's a lot of stigma, obviously, around fat people being lazy, but also around people with ADHD being lazy. And I think it's something that has forced me to almost like burn myself out in a way, in a lot of ways, just like working extra hard to not be viewed that way because I'm fat and also because I'm neurodivergent. Yeah, I think that's all safe for now. But I love y'all. I love the podcast. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Thanks. Bye. Hi, this is Hannah. And I'm calling to share my experience with ADHD. I am 40 and I just got diagnosed with ADHD. And I think as a fat person, one of the pieces around like messiness and laziness that are kind of part of how we identify, how we think of ourselves in a world that is, you know, neuronormative, those connections with, between like that and being a fat person it's hard to escape that language, like the word lazy, the, you know, like that we're just dirty and like we don't take care of ourselves or of our spaces. It's kind of all connected with how we view fatness and our fatphobic kind of mentality around these things. I'm working on that. I'm working on changing that language for myself and also of how I talk to other people. You know, I have been doing it from the lens around fatphobia with my handle, La Gorda Caminista in Spanish. But I hadn't even made the connection between, like, that word, yeah, like, lazy. Lazy is such a powerful word that we associate with fat people and that we associate with people that have ADHD. Um, and, like, not having known that I had ADHD, I always thought I was just, like, a fat, lazy person. So much to learn, so much to, like, unlearn, basically. So thank you for all that you do, and um, keep doing the amazing work you do. Thanks for those voice memos. Now here's Maggie breaking laziness the heck down. Laziness does not exist because there is always a reason that someone yes. is not doing what they quote should be doing. There's yes. always a reason. I think fundamentally as human beings, we want to do things that make us happy or make other people happy or bring satisfaction. And I can say at least for me, like I have never wanted I want to do the things. It's just that I'm my, yeah. my brain won't let me do the thing. Yes. And it's really frustrating. And I think that's something else I want people to know, you know, who don't have ADHD is that as frustrated as you might be by our, by our behaviors, we are 10 times more frustrated by them. We have so been, true. We have been dealing with them our entire life. And it's yes. like, I'm, I'm at a point where I'm just like numb, like I'm numb <laughs> to it. And like, I, I think people get kind of, upset because they're, I'm not reacting and I'm like, oh, this is the 47th time that this has happened right. to me. So the first 10 times I was upset. Now oh, I just yeah. accept this as part of my life. But it bothers <laughs> me when it affects other people. That's kind of where I'm like, okay, I don't want it to negatively affect the people that I care about. And I think that's where a lot of the shame comes from is that aspect. Absolutely. And also... I think a lot of shame comes from trying to do things the way neurotypical people doing them mm. and then quote unquote failing mm -hmm. at them Yes, because yes. you're not doing them the way that you need to for yourself. Mm -hmm. And that, that's a phrase that's in my vocabulary now is this is not the way that you might do it, but it's the way that I do it and it gets it done. Yes. So. Yes. I mean, even things like, like being late again is one of my biggest bugaboos. Like it's, I am so bad at being on time. I consistently misperceive time and I consistently underestimate or overestimate how long something's going to take, mm -hmm. how much time I need to get somewhere. I'll, I'll try to plan stuff out and I'll show it to Victor and he'll be like, you forgot this like whole thing you have to play. And I'll be like, oh yeah, like, I okay. Like, it's just not yeah. an easy skill for me. And for years, like I would get into fights with my mom about it. She'd be like, you, you're not respectful of my time. And I'd be like, you don't understand how hard I tried to get here on time. And she'd be like, what do you mean? Because to her, if I tried hard, I would have just gotten there on time. Right. And at the time I'd be like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why it's so hard. Yeah. I don't know. 
and now I know. But like for years we had that fight. Yeah. Years. Yeah. And it's super frustrating because you are literally trying your hardest and yes. you're being told, well, that's not good enough. And then it's like, well, yeah. then I'm just going to constantly disappoint you. And that's our relationship. And that's not fun. Literally. No, and it does – it, like, makes me feel bad to make other people wait. It's not like I'm, like, fuck them. I don't care. You know? It's, like, I'm, like, I get there and I'm sweating. I'm stressed out. Mm -hmm. I've, like – you know what I mean? I've, like, run from my car. Like, it's not a good time for me. (laughs) I think that's an important thing, yeah. Just, like, many of the things said against fat people. Mm -hmm. Laziness isn't real. Nope. Not trying hard enough on dieting isn't real. (laughs) Like, so many of these things are not real. They're fake, and we should all live our best lives. Yes. Let's talk about some of those. Let's go back to those TikToks and YouTube. Do you have any other resource recs for people who might be interested in some online ADHD media? Yes, but let me look at my phone because oh, my airplane mode is on. I can't, I can't, re- I can't remember their name, Sophie. That's fine. We'll put them all. You can send them later. Okay. We'll put them in the show notes. Okay. I know one of my favorites is this lady whose name I don't remember, but we'll put it in the show notes. But she like, I don't even know if she has ADHD or other neurodivergent things Mm -hmm. but she is on tiktok i'm sure you follow her too she like talks about making her home capable and like working instead of like perfect yes i do know what you're talking about Mm -hmm. i really enjoy following her because she shows various systems that have actually worked for her and she also shows something that i have struggled with for a long time which is how to figure out this is like my perfectionism coming in too, right? And my ADHD inability to like judge things in a way that feels neurotypical, mm-hmm. but what feels good enough mm. in terms like where to stop yeah. in terms of because either things will be all messy or they'll be so clean because I don't understand <laughs> what the like right level to stop at is. Yeah. And that's also something that stops me from cleaning sometimes is because I'll be like, well, I don't want to have to scrub blah, blah, blah. Yes. It's like oh, actually, I don't have to – I could just do some, but that never occurs to me. And so I following her, we'll put her in there. I can't remember her ad. It's like caring housework or some shit like that. That's not right, but we'll put it We'll put it in the show notes. She was very helpful, like especially her – she calls it closing tasks at night yeah. to make her house full, hold like useful for the next mm-hmm. day. Yeah. And seeing how she navigated that was so much more helpful than watching any number of like cleaning – like neurotypical cleaning <laughs> routines. Yeah. Like by far. Totally. So I really like her TikTok. What, what, who are other people you like? There's this – I'm just going to describe them and then we'll link them. But yes. there's yes. this person who has like dark, long, curly hair and bangs and glasses. Oh, yeah. I like her too. I can't remember her name either. Is her name like Katie Soros Rex? Yes. Maybe? Katie. Yes. 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 That's right. They, they do great – they do great TikToks and they also like sometimes dress up as a pirate, which is always like a little extra. Yes. <laughs> So definitely, I love that ADHD, how to ADHD just really like saved my life. Yes. So definitely that. And I think there's a video by Hank Green about ADHD. Oh, really? Yeah. Just one of his videos. But I that also helped me when I was early on thinking about it. Yeah. Hey, how to ADHD has some really good videos. Even in, it's not just how to do things. It's also stuff like explaining yes. explaining aspects of ADHD that I was like very validated by and also sent to family and friends yeah. to help them understand me. Like for example, there's one that she has about like the she call, I think she calls it the wall of awful, mm-hmm. which is about how hard it is to get started on things sometimes. Yeah. And that she first of all she uses a lot of science, which I think is very cool. And also I feel like that video really like was helpful for me in terms of explaining because I had felt so self-conscious previously about trying to be like, it's really hard to start things. And people would be like, yep, everyone just feels that way. And then you, and I was like, no, No. am I just like, (laughs) I don't think so. So I would recommend giving that one a listen if you are neurotypical. Yeah. I love her too. She's great. great. I can't think of any other people, but I, can we trade like hacks? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I, based on cleaning, I'm going to pull this out. I just bought this. It wasn't impulse buy. It's a little desk vacuum. (gasps) Oh my God. I love it. So it's like, 
You can you can vacuum like little particles <laughs> off your desk, which is great because like the thought of pulling everything off my desk and like wiping it down with like yes. a, a damn cloth. Oh. Intolerable. Oh god. Yeah. Oh, I have no, so thanks. much stuff. Yes. <laughs> but this, I can just turn it on, and then I run it around. It gets all the cat hair that somehow ends up on my desk, and I feel better. Oh my god. Right. It's enough. That's great. Yes, it's enough. And that's a great hack because it's like shortcuts to th- other things make my life very much easier. Let's see. I'm trying to think of like something I've done. I just set alarms for literally everything. Alarms Anytime I need to remember something, I set an alarm. Like for one day, for every day, I- I'm turning on alarms all day long. <laughs> same. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely same. And I have to set three or four usually for the thing that I'm trying to do. Yes. Especially if I'm trying, if I'm doing something for someone else. Yes. Like three alarms to remind me of like that one thing. Yes. Another thing I really like was bullet journaling, which how to ADHD also released a video on that somewhat recently in a way that makes it really approachable. But for me, I have trouble organizing. And like you, I pick a new way to organize all my tasks every like three months, right? (laughs) Yes. And so the bullet journal is great because you can kind of customize it how you want, but you can also make it as basic as you want. So I literally just do like my everyday tasks and like notes on things and you you index it so you can always go back and find something, which is another thing, right? Instead of having a million sticky notes. Yes. (laughs) That's something that I started a few months ago and I really like. That's awesome. I have tried to bullet journal, but I think every time I've been too ambitious and I need to scale it back. I'll text you mine and then you'll be like, oh, okay. (laughs) Please, please. Mine is so simple, but it's really helpful. It allows my brain to do what it wants without having to adhere to a pre-made planner. Yes. Which I need. I, I need that too. I, I should restart it. I'll retry it. You're inspiring me to try again. <gasps> Yay, Let's see. I'm gonna th- thank you. <laughs> I'm trying to think of another of another hack. Sometimes for me, I mean, these are all very personal, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But like what for me, one thing that helps are there's just like little phrases that help me when again in combination with ADHD and perfectionism, sometimes I get stuck in a decision spiral mm-hmm. and then I can't move forward. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what I want to do. And what usually helps me in those specific situations is just trying to remind myself in whatever way it's applicable that probably this is not my last time making this decision and I can come back and make a different choice later. Mm-hmm. So the first way that ever showed up for me was menus. I used to like have the hardest time choosing the right quote unquote meal, (laughs) which like that's not a thing. Like I think part of it was definitely diet culture because I would be like, okay, I only have this, you know what I mean? I have this chance to get the thing I want. But it still happens to me where I'll be looking at the menu and I have to tell myself like, you know what, you're allowed to come back to this restaurant and you can like order the other choice later and there's like no repercussions. Mm -hmm. If you'd order this and don't like it, you can just order something else. Yeah. That'll also happen to me with getting out the door. Like, I'll be like, you know, do I have everything set perfectly? No. is (laughs) Never. (laughs) And sometimes I have to tell myself, like, it's okay. You can just leave. Just get out the door. Just go out the door until I'm out the door, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I think for me, when I have – when I get stuck in that decision-making process, I just – my therapist and I – talked about the phrase, there are no wrong decisions. Yes. My therapist has said that to me too. Exactly. There's no wrong decisions. There's just dealing with what happens afterwards. Exactly. And you've dealt with it every time you've made a decision so far. So. Yes. My therapist and I also work on that, saying that, and or things like, I'm doing this and I'm going to see how it works for me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to observe how this feels for me. You know, like instead of being focused on what should I be doing, which is hard not to focus on. I'm actually, this is my last week at my full-time job. I'm going to do full-time self-employment. And so. Oh my God, congrats. Thank you. But that was a big decision that I was so afraid of. And I also, I'm going to take that to plug the fact that a lot of people have ADHD are entrepreneurs. Oh my God. So true. That's so true. Well, because we're, it's a lot of it's about motivation, mm-hmm. which I think is why people also talk about laziness. So it's like, again, laziness does not exist, nope. but it's a lot easier to be motivated by things when they're like your thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. I did not do well in offices because I just didn't give a shit. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. 
It's so stupid. I spent more effort look, trying to look like I was working than I actually was working. Oh, my God. Same. It Like, constantly being in an office felt like when I would be in elementary school and had a book inside the book we were supposed to be reading. And I was reading my book. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. <sighs> working from home has been really good in that aspect where I've had much more control over my work-life balance and even just throughout the day being able to like step away and do something else like that's like was very good for my ADHD brain was yeah I mean running the podcast is like the most successful I've been for business things Mm -hmm. because I could do it I could do it my way you know and because that way like on our team you know I could run the team the way I wanted which is to prioritize people's like mental health and Mm -hmm. health needs in general Mm -hmm. you know which it's always possible if people are willing to not just be trying to maximize profit all the time. Yes. I always love chatting with my pals <laughs> about my junk. <laughs> and ADHD is no different. It's been so validating to talk to you about this. And I hope that the listeners and the family feel the same way hearing this episode. I would love to build on more fat and queer community within ADHD. So if anyone has recs for Facebook groups or things like that, please let us know and we will share them. Maggie, do you want to tell people where to find you and how to support you, please? Absolutely. I'm most active on Instagram at Maggie McGill, which is just my name. My YouTube mm-hmm. channel is the same, youtube.com slash Maggie McGill. I have some projects coming this year, including an exciting e-class, um, an ebook about healing my relationship with movement, Ooh. which I'm really excited about and I hope everyone likes it. So yes. I'll update you on that. But yeah, just follow me for fat, queer, joy, and cozy vibes. Oh. I love it. Please go follow Maggie. Look in the show notes for those creators that we can't remember the name of. <laughs> and literally, I'm like, I didn't write them down. Nope. I should have written them down. Oh, well. Oh, well. Doesn't, again, doesn't matter. Nope. Just got to get out the episode. Yep. Lynn will put them in for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. And thank you for being part of the family. And we love you. I love you. And thank you for all you've done creating an amazing show. This She's Off Fat was something I could always go to in any moment when I needed support or just to laugh. And so I appreciate that you made this amazing show happen. And I'm really grateful I got to be a part of it. I'm so glad I got to hear that. That makes me feel <laughs> very good. This is my last, this is our last recording ever. You're my last <gasps> recording up. ever. Oh my God. Yeah. Ever, ever. So it's Sophie, pretty special. Sophie, you, you, I know. you made such an amazing show and it's impacted so many people. And I can tell you the moment I first listened to it, I felt so seen and understood. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. But, <laughs> You're making me cry. <laughs> but I just want you to know you've had such an amazing impact. and That's so nice. Thank you. I love Thank the you. family. I love the family too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, this was the perfect way for my final interview to end. Thank you so much, Maggie. Yeah, I'm proud. I feel proud of myself. I'm proud of myself. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And that's the episode. For a really incredible, fat positive ADHD resource, check out Renee Brooks at Black Girl Lost Keys. Leave us a voicemail with literally whatever for the finale. Even if you want to just say hi, we'll put it in. We'll play it. I don't know. It's the finale. Who cares at this point? Call us. (laughs) 213-375-5023. Please. I can't wait to get 50 voicemails with people just being like, hi. Please do. Honestly, (laughs) I want that. (laughs) Heck yeah. Also, don't forget to leave us an Apple podcast reading and review even after we're off air. In fact, I refuse to make any more SAF episodes until we make it to new and noteworthy. With my right hand on a copy of Sonia Renee Taylor's The Body is Not an Apology and The Family as My Witness, I will make a new episode of the show if we make it to new and noteworthy. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) One day. And finally, one last shout out to our patrons. Thank you to... Nichelle Jackson. Jesse Mersinger. And Haven Mitchell Rose. And all of our patrons, and of course, the family. We couldn't make the show without you. See you next week for the Sheasel Fat Podcast Series finale. Bye. Bye.
She's All Fat was created by me, Sophie Carter-Kahn and April K. Quio, who graduated. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show so we can grow the family. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions at fyi at she'sallfatpod.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 213-375-5023 and we might even play it on the pod. Our episode ads are done in partnership with Acast. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, you can get started at acast.com. Our theme music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish, and our logo is by Hannah Sanger. Lynn Barbera co-produced and edited this episode. Yelly Cruz is our magical junior producer. Our thin crony forever is Maria Vertel. I'm our host and co-producer. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Stay safe. We love you. 